Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. My name is Catherine. And my name is Will. This, is, of course, is Behind the Pixel. Yes. An open pixel podcast where we bridge the knowledge gap between those who buy creative content and those who make it. And today we have a very special guest with us. Yes. Who uh, buys creative content, but very intentionally, very inclusively, and very at the community level. And very local, very local. <laughs> you want to run it back? No, no, that's fine. I'll edit it. So we sat down with Samantha Hamilton. Mm -hmm. She is the Senior Manager of Community Engagement at the Public Health Institute of Western Mass. Yes. That's a it, mouthful. It is, but it's a very awesome organization that's yeah, doing a lot of local impact work, yeah. working with lots of different organizations across Western Mass and even in the surrounding regions. So. Yeah, so we we work with them on a project called Community Choice Energy for here, very local here to Springfield. Right, um, so you'll hear Western a little Mass. bit about that. In the, so you'll hear a little bit podcast. about that, but it seems like she, like they, the Public Health Institute of Western Mass, they work with a bunch of other nonprofits that are looking to engage community in different ways, yeah. um, and they help support those efforts. Yeah, so, and it was um, it was just really a joy to, to listen to Samantha talk about both the thing that she's most passionate about yeah. in the advocacy work that she does yeah. and being able to talk very clearly about how animation can also benefit that. Yeah, so it was really great talking to her and she had a lot of great insights. And one of the things that was really interesting was how they used our video to push the initiatives forward and she she went into that and i was i was really surprised by how at the policy level yeah at the policy level at the state level at mm -hmm. the like you know the leadership level within our communities and and it was really interesting to kind of understand how that works um because yeah. you know in, in the back of our heads we're just saying oh yeah we're making an animation we're learning about this organization we're putting together these these things but right we know, you know we're very, part of a larger campaign yeah. but where that goes at the end is, yeah. is up to the organization at exactly. times. So that's it's yeah. interesting to see how it all played out. Yeah, end. yeah. So you learn a little bit about that and yeah. um, and a little bit about how the Public Health Institute works. Uh, they're doing some really great work, again, locally here in Western Mass. So if you're if you're a Western Mass resident, this might this episode might be for you. Yeah. So give yeah. a listen. We're yeah. excited for it. All right, let's jump in. Hello, Samantha. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for responding and being willing to participate. I know it's um, open to the conversation. Open to the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's, we really appreciate you being here. So, we, so before we get started, <laughs> internally, we call it FUIMA. Do you call it FUIMA? This is the Public <laughs> Health Institute of Western Massachusetts. No. It's a very long name. <laughs> when I first looked at that, the P-H-I-W-M-A, I was yeah. like, oh, FWIMA. Right. <laughs> and I've been saying that forever, but that's not what you guys say. No, we don't use FWIMA. We use the uh, letter acronyms of P-H-I-W-M, so, got it, or P-H-I. Uh, for yeah. sure. Oh, well, PHI. Okay, <laughs> fair, okay. Fair. That's very fair. <laughs> Probably the easier way to remember that it as makes well. A lot uh, of sense. So yeah, please yeah. tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and and what happens at the PHI WMA. Um, I'm Samantha Hamilton. I am now newly appointed director of coalition building and community engagement. Awesome. Recently promoted from senior manager. Oh, congratulations! congratulations. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. And I work for the Public Health Institute of Western Mass, which is a mouthful. But the Public Health 
is an organization that does research and evaluation and community convening. So my work is specifically around getting community partners together to address the issues of public health that affects our community and our region, which is Western Mass, and sometimes a little bit past that. So our work is in helping people. We use a health equity framework, not just saying that we give everybody an equal share, but an equitable share of what they need to advance their health and well-being. And part of that work is also in advocating for sometimes issues that are inequitable in our community where groups or marginalized folks are at a disadvantage. So it's always working at looking at and assessing what is the problem, how can we make it better for folks, and what is our equitable impact on the greater community. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, And the the community you're talking about, that's all Western Mass. Where does the line, where do we draw the line? Where do we say Central Mass versus Western Mass? (laughs) Well, we're a regional partner, but we've had had work in Boston and Worcester and Greenfield. So worked in the Berkshires, Franklin County, Hamden County. It just depends where our partnership leads us. So it depends on what community-based organization or institution wants to have evaluation conducted by us, or research conducted by us, and whether we have a grant initiative that is, has a statewide impact. So some of our work um, focused in Western Mass, but has the reach of the broader community of Massachusetts. Got it. Yeah. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. I'm curious because the work that you're doing is, like yourself, very thoughtful and inclusive and just intentional behind all the work that's done in your organization. And so I'm kind of curious for the nonprofit world as a whole, perhaps, like what are some of the challenges that you face in engaging a wide community, mm-hmm. right, that, that changes across the board? How do you engage them with your specific cause or mission, especially when you need everybody's input? Yeah. So the the concept is like, what is our reach? Like what, how can we get as many voices at the table to understand like the issues or to understand how the issues impact them and what's our reach? Um, Some of our strategies are focus group, community conversations, like citywide amplify promotion that we have these initiatives going and we hope through like sometimes citywide promotions, uh, like, you know, a commercial on TV about our 413 Cares platform, that more people can access those services, which you guys were a part of in building that um, commercial or informative video to explain how this resource can help people gain access to services and the basic needs that they require. So there is levels in which we're Once we understand who we're trying to reach, we kind of built some strategies of saying, well, it's just an opportunity to get community voices based on the critical issue and the uniqueness of the problem. Or do we want to have a big, broader understanding, getting a community scale polling through a survey to understand uh, a range of people from different backgrounds, ethnicities, uh, lived experience disparities, abilities and inabilities. So there's many ways to approach it. And I think... We work with community-based partners, stakeholders, people in the expert content issue to determine like what is the best approach and also the resources that goes along with it so that we could do the work. What is the best approach and the resource we have available to reach folks in a way that we feel by the end of the interaction, we've gotten what we need to put out another statement, take community action or convene a community group. So it's, it's a question. It sounds like a simple question, but it's complicated depending on what we can do. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds a little bit too like from what I'm hearing that 
there's a lot of navigating different needs, different communication styles, I imagine, throughout the different partnerships that you're sort of active in. Do you find that there's challenges there? Like, are you flexible to the needs of different partners based on their size and scale or based on, you know, the specific topic that they're covering? I imagine that that in a way the organization has to pivot very often or adapt to different needs of of these different organizations. Yeah, so I, I reframe it as we work with these different organizations to help craft and define our approach, right? So um, we are considered like a backbone organization. We do not do direct service all the time. We're not interfacing with consumers on a regular basis. We work with the community-based partners who do that direct work. So we need their insight to understand how do they reach their consumers, clients on a regular basis? What is their strategy? So we, we ask them those things. And if we have a specific campaign or a project, we still will, will say, you know, what is the best way to reach our end goal, which is either getting this many folks to see our video or get this many folks informed about our advocacy issue. In turn, I would say it's a collaborative effort um, because we do need those community-based partners to tell us what the landscape of community looks like, how it's shift, who to talk to, uh, who are the key community stakeholders. Um, we sometimes call them gatekeepers, gatekeepers in a good way that can help right. us get to more people to um, address what we need or to get informed and get that information back to take community action. Totally. So in a lot of ways, you're saying that the strategy is kind of chosen by someone else and then you, you're you sort of helping take that strategy forward. Is that, am I getting that right? Yeah, so my job is a convener. I bring people together. I hold <laughs> people in a room with different mm-hmm. opinions and expertise and perspective on community and ask them, here's our charge regarding an initiative around climate and environmental justice. Tell me what we can do together to support mm-hmm. community, collect information, so I'm getting insights from, you know, grassroots partners, from grass top mm-hmm. partners, from folks with lived experience to tell us, okay, from my experience, from my understanding, based on how I know what community and residents and people might want, we would we should approach it this way. And so and it also in the context of the messaging, it also is crafted by those community partners and yeah. those stakeholders at the table. We might present some concepts to them as you've presented us concepts and, you know, folks might, you know, say, well, that's going in the wrong direction. That's somewhat in alignment. It's missing this. Uh, It's not reflecting our community voice. It's not a clear example of explaining the issue. It's really complicated. So that's Mm -hmm. what my role is to work with community partners to understand the issue and take all their wonderful insights and input to help craft the best uh, communications approach. So collectively, yeah. I have a room full of content and professional experts helping us craft messaging and how to collect community information on a daily basis. Yeah, that's wonderful. And yeah. I, I imagine that involves like you get to sort of internally learn a ton from the different organizations yeah, as well probably, and the different yeah. partners. But that's one of the joys that we have in in our own work that we we might not have been aware of the you know the situation that has arisen. And now we can be aware of it and say, okay, how can we help to make yeah. impact here? So yeah, I think that's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, there's. Mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of layers to this. You were talking about how, <laughs> how complex it is. So do you start with the data in order to draft the messaging? I'm just trying to get a little bit more of a sense of where the kind of medium. So we always think of this as a type of medium. The communication that you're, you're doing is a type of medium. 
that you're going to choose. And some nonprofits that we work with decide we're going to do pamphlets or we're going to do, you know, a website or we're going to do all of those things. There's live action video we're going to film out in the community. We're going to do an animated piece. How do you determine what the best one of those things are? Is it come from the messaging? Does it come from the strategy? Does it come from the data? I'm just trying to get a, a sense of, all of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get a sense of where it comes from. I'd say it starts with the end in mind, right? This theory of okay. what is our final goal at the by the end of this grant, by the end of this initiative, what do we hope to accomplish? Um, we do this in forms of creating logic models and work plans and um, strategic community action plans that says by the end of our effort, we will have impacted or addressed this health inequity or disparities. And we come from it from recognizing that we are working in a space and in our community that there's a lot of need, our lack of resources and opportunities in some spaces. And we wrote a grant to say we need to address that, right? So there's kind of addressing the problem. So we come off with a problem statement. There's a problem here in our community when it comes to X, Y, and Z. We hope to use our resources with this funding to address the problem X, Y, and Z. And here's our approach with these strategies, which sometimes starts off with just inviting that we're going to bring community partners to the table that has an understanding of the issue. And with their help, we're going to craft a stronger, more effective communication plan or strategy. So that's kind of the methodology in figuring out where we start, how we start, and and what we're going to do with the work. And it's, again, my work is done in always in partnership, always in collaboration with people, always with folks, giving input, providing feedback, and owning the work at the same time. Let me jump into another question then. So with working with us in particular, I think we were on the same page that like animation hadn't really been something that the Public Health Institute had done before. And so being into this sort of new territory of, of this medium, I'm curious what you felt like you needed to learn either from us or or from other sources about animation before coming to the table. Like even what what helped lead to that decision of animation was was the way to go in that particular aspect. Yeah. So we've done some work with, around storytelling within our initiatives before. So we've done interviews with residents with lived experience talking about the issues that have impacted their lives older adults having Corey issues. So we've done these candid conversation that kind of reveals like the lived reality of the problem um, in some of our work. So we knew storytelling is a great element in putting together and bringing together our work and presenting it back out to the broader audience. So having the opportunity, one of our colleagues, Sarita Hudson, was working with you all on the 413 Cares platform She worked with y'all to kind of create an informative video that explained what the platform is, which was essential, the purpose. We wanted more folks to use the platform. Therefore, we have to talk about what it offers, what's available, and how it works. In our work around environmental justice, we recognized that we had a very complex policy that we wanted to advocate for, which was community choice energy. We were wanting that the city of Springfield commit to bundling us all together so that we have access to clean energy as a whole, as a city. And going through the process, we weren't quite sure whether it was possible to really explain that in a way that was 
easy to understand. So we felt that an informative video, like an animation video, would be the best vehicle to make that possible. So in doing that, that was a very complicated strategy to explain because it had multiple steps and layers and processes. And we also wanted to talk about the value, the equitable value, that option being available to all residents in the city. So sometimes we think, well, you know, what's the, why, why have it? Like, what's the impact? Working with you all was so critical in figuring out how to clarify a complicated <laughs> concept that had multiple layers and tell community residents why they, it was worth investing in. So addressing greenhouse gas emissions, making it equitably accessible for all was a, was a framing that we wanted to bring forward. And that how switching is not that complicated. It's something that we all can have access to. So animation came in at a point where we really need to explain something. And animation is a great tool of going through a step-by-step explanation. It's also a reflective tool because the images that were used reflected the community as a whole. So there was a lot of feedback, you know, what the house looks like, what the animation characters look like, what the voiceover speaker sounded like, you know, those inputs were all part of the process of thinking about the work and our coalition helped kind of decide on those things. Um, The great news about that work is that we went to city council to advocate for this with residents, with the video, with the fact sheets, with everything, and that the city council unanimously voted to approve that for the city of Springfield, right? Hey, yes. (laughs) And their feedback was, you guys had your stuff together. What a well put together presentation. And the video was so informative. (laughs) It was just like, thank you. So all the the iterative efforts of engaging community voice in the process made sense when you are at a space of decision and power and you have decision makers in a room and you want to show them, we know our stuff, we know how to explain it, and we've got community engaged people ready to explain why it's important. So now the city, uh, it's now in the city's ballpark or pocket. So then the mayor put out an RFP to look for an aggregator, which means that's the next step in the process. And the city said yes. So now they've gone out and put out a a request for proposal for an aggregator to come and be the one that sells us those clean energy options to the city of Springfield. So we've kind of had two steps by being um, mindful that we were prepared and planful and had all these Um, mediums and tools available to reference when we're asking for advocacy and change. And I think that's part of a strong campaign is to have your materials and content ready to go. Are you, are you, are you, are you suggesting that our animated video got seen by the mayor? Is that, is that a I mean, deal. we send it, it to him, we send it to all the city council nice. officials, we send it to the mayor. It's like, if he, he he probably have seen it, yes. And yeah. for the and for the energy and the advocacy around it, it was a win for the city if they did push it forward. So having community voice and having informative content was like two checkboxes in advocacy. And I think that's the strength of knowing how to use animation in a way that it aligns, right? So I think that's my takeaway from all this yeah. is that it wasn't just to say, hey, we wanted a video. It, it would be cool. It right. was, there's a clear alignment 
that we needed to explain something and animation was a great way to do that where people can see that's great. the process and the steps. So that's the why we said this this is a great approach. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you're talking about is is spot on. You work with a lot of people. Yes. And it seems like communicating with those people back and forth could be challenging, especially when you're trying to get a large group in in the same room on the same page mm-hmm. about doing, you know, whatever the thing is. What's your approach to that? Let, let's start there. Like, how, how do you approach communicating with different people and trying to getting them on the same page about maybe animation specifically, but maybe not even that, just in, in general? Well, part of my convening strategies is being a cheerleader for my, my group, nice. <laughs> championing folks that we have the right team, the right people in the room to make decisions, to take action and to, to help make change. I always tell my coalitions I'm always on the best team because I feel like the heart and passion that folks give to the work is always their best and their thoughtfulness on making sure that they're doing good on behalf of community is always expressed in the questions, in the critical thinking, in the pushback. So and the other piece is I embrace pushback. Pushback means you're paying attention and something isn't right. Mm. And maybe there's a blind side that we missed in the process that they folks want to acknowledge. And the other piece of embracing pushback is honoring feedback, right? And honoring that mm-hmm. we've heard what you said regarding the process, regarding it not looking correct, and then we adjusted. If I'm doing that well, I'm a great facilitator in the process. I do not own the rights to the results. We collectively own the results because we're collectively doing the work on behalf of others. And then we also have this humility to recognize that we want to be thoughtful, that we are doing the work of addressing like health disparities, racism, equity issues on behalf of others, so that we know we need to always ask ourselves, are we gatekeeping and do we need to go back out to the community to ask more questions about the, the design, the process, so that they can have input and then we can continue with our work. It seems like it seems like a hard job to do, but it's not when you are embracing the diversity in the room, the feedback and thoughts, have a healthy way for folks to express that and then incorporate it in the work. Because if you don't, that's when someone would want to leave the table and said, okay, I don't think I feel welcomed here. I don't feel comfortable here because my recommendations are not considered. So those are the things. And being able to, I I, I always present when folks, when we came with concepts, I always say to folks, hey, I'm putting it out there. Tell me what you think. I do not personally own that this is the final version of what we're going to put out or this is the final product of what we're doing. I always, we, we, we have this iterative design process that it will evolve until we're all comfortable with it. So we work to make sure that we can get it there. It has to be a healthy passion that you will experience conflict and differences in the work. But if you're a great facilitator, folks won't feel that their voice is left out at the table. And if they do, they are comfortable in speaking up. So that can immediately change in the room. So uh, that, that's how I do my work. You know, you talked you talked a little bit about getting everybody's input and being very conscious of needing that input to better inform changes that need to be made. And I'm curious when 
it comes to making revisions to that work. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we try at times to leave intentionally some clarity around how to give feedback at different stages to be like, this is the type of information that we need that best informs the piece moving forward. But I'm curious what the revision process was like there. I remember you saying at one point that, you know, you were getting together everybody for a meeting and like, what was the conversation that was happening there? Was there, you know, were there questions around, we need to go back and start over? Was there like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Yeah. So I think the best way to look at this work for me was on a timeline. Like we, you, you all <laughs> provided set timelines for submissions for different stages in the process of building the animation. And at the same time, we had our, our timeline for when we want to kind of push our coalition along this journey and recognizing that there has to be some cushion in the process because this was like a new phase. I was the intermediate party. Uh, working with you all, Open Pixel, while convening in a coalition that uh, also needed to understand the concept of community choice energy and what it meant in the community. So, th- on on one side, it's like a like a Mr. Miyagi moment. On one side, <laughs> I am informing and educating my coalition to be at a level where they can comprehend and understand the concept and myself because it's a new term for me. At the same time, I'm trying to integrate the concept of an informative video and how it could be used. And then together, we're going to say, and then we can then use both what we've learned to pass on to you all to say, here is the, the, the civic muscle workshop we did to explain it to our coalition that can help you do the first round of the draft script. Thank you for drafting the script. And I bring it back to my coalition and they say, hey, the script is not that great. We're going to chop it up. And we say, give me the feedback so that we can give it back to OpenPixel so they can create another version. And then that version comes back around and it's just tweaked a couple more times till folks said, I understand the script. It sounds like what we've talked about. And it sounds like what I've learned. So now we can move on to the next phase of the process, which is building out the images. And then those, those were questions by the coalition. And the process was, it's like a, it's a soft handoff back and forth, but the intention was the input from the coalition was necessary for the process. So it wasn't as if I could decide the whole thing and say, coalition, here you go, we have a video. It was that we needed and wanted the input of the coalition so that when we do put it out to the broader community, their input and voice was reflective in the final product, right? The wave of that going back and forth was necessary. But in the process, we had to step back and say, well, we wanted to do two of these videos. No, we just need to do one right now. We need to slow that part down. We need to pivot and recognize we can't hold two things at once because they're both complicated. So we need to drop one for now and focus on the other. And at the same time, we also wanted to give space for people to be comfortable to use the video on their own once it was created and then be able to speak. So it was like a duality. I needed my community coalition to know what we're talking about and the video to stand on its own if it needed to. But together, we're using it both for advocacy and together with Community Voice and the video, we show something bigger that's possible for the city of Springfield. Yeah, I think you're touching on something very important that I kind of want to echo and highlight there that the idea of like allowing 
it to be okay for things to slow down, especially in in the nonprofit world where it feels like we have to get everything out because we, mm-hmm. you know, we're very passionate about what we do and there's policy changes and things are happening like, you know, the world is very fast paced. And so I think there's sometimes this urgency to get out the message as quickly as possible. So to intentionally say, we need to slow down, we need to only focus on one. And it kind of touches into a question that I had, but it's the idea of like, how do you strike the balance between getting it done quickly and getting it done right, <laughs> right? Because there is that that space that you need to leave for that development process, that script phase that we were talking about that allows you to really make sure everyone's on the same page and comfortable with what's happening before you move forward. Yeah. And I think that comes with, for nonprofits or community-based groups working with a funder, what is the flexibility from the funder to go fast or hit deadlines, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a very flexible funder that allowed us to, to, to do whatever we need to do in the process, take our time uh, to build our capacity, take our time to put together products and materials. And our coalition also didn't want to just put anything out there for the community to respond to. They wanted to be just as high quality a final product. Um, so they were also asking us, can we slow down? Mm-hmm. And whenever there's confusion in a room, I don't understand. What is that again, Sam? I'm saying <laughs> it's those are key words to say, well, we're going to go back and understand before. Because in a sense, we're a collective. So, you know, I say you're as fast as your slowest person on your team mm. in a concept that you don't want to leave anyone behind in the decision-making process. So if they have more questions and they're stepping back to ask that, we have to be comfortable to answer those than to assume that, well, we're just going to leave them where they're at because they, they're not getting it yet. Um, so community-based work really means that everybody's up to speed And it's better to go slow and steady than to have one person like saying, well, you guys don't get it. Mm -hmm. So that's just disconnection and disjointing. So coalition work is really centered and community-based partnership convening work is really centered on us moving together. And if that means slowing down, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I say that with, with the grace that there are no other constraints preventing you from doing that. Yes, that makes perfect sense. And I, I think that even ties into the idea that like on the animation side, we're only as fast as we can be if we absorb the information correctly, right? We've been mm. given a lot of information about what Community Choice Energy does and what the Public Health Institute of Western Mass does and trying to make sure that we understood that as fully as possible before saying, here's our artistic expertise that complements this. But I agree that there's this step that needs to happen to make sure everyone's on the same page at each stage of the development before we can move forward. So I totally agree. Yeah. And I say y'all did a great job at that. Oh, <laughs> I think thank you. hindsight, I didn't know community trace energy as well as I do now. Ah. For us to say, here's here's our tools, here's our information, here's our research. And you guys were able to put together something that says, okay, they, they said, they, even though they're not in the room with us as a coalition, they kind of get what we're doing. And I think for folks considering to do animation in their work, you have to be mindful of like, what's the learning curve for the, the animator to understand what you're asking them to do? And what resources are you providing for them to get up to speed or to have some context before they start designing? Because if you assume, well, hey, and you just make me this and you and you don't give any context, the animator or the designer you all are going to say, well, let's meet and pull it out of you. 
because there's because we can't start from a blank canvas. We need to have some groundwork before you start that process. So um, I think you all did a great job in working with us with the resources we provided to put together something that you know wasn't far fetched. And once it was edited and tweaked by our coalition, it was like they loved. They ended up. I, they loved. They loved the script. <laughs> good. And good, then good, good. Reason, we could move on to the next phase. Right. And then the other part was to saying, this is the script. We're not going back. <laughs> yes. Visuals. And by the time you get the voice person, we are nowhere going back to scratch. So it's also me um, working with the coalition to say, hey, y'all, let's stay where we're at and move forward. And sometimes folks want to take two steps back and it's, well, it's a hard, like a heartburn question. If you, can you live with this? Mm. Can you live with this so we can move forward? Right, right. One of our other nonprofit people, uh, nonprofit clients that we work with, they always say is like, is this a hill you want to die on? (laughs) (laughs) Like, is this the place that, or can you live with these changes, Mm -hmm. you know, to try to get everyone on the same page? So, right. Well, because at the end of the day, too, I think change and doing something new is is a little, you gotta let go. Yeah. Yeah. But letting go through that process, too, allows you to kind of say at that moment, is there messaging that we're missing that can then be placed into other avenues too, right? right? Like maybe this animated video isn't touching on this one aspect that we we care about, but maybe we can still inform our audience through different forms of marketing mm-hmm. in that way as well. So I, I think there's like a level of organic flexibility that happens throughout that process too, yeah. to identify at least for the animation or for the marketing material that you're using what is the most vital piece of information that needs to go into it? Mm-hmm. And then what can still be incorporated in other ways? Yeah. yeah. And I think a, a lot of it's our jobs, I think, mm-hmm. to talk about ways in which we can put those extra things, either maybe within the visuals, maybe within other types mm-hmm. of videos, maybe within other, you know, there are always other avenues in which to to do certain messaging. Yeah. There, yeah. There's something wonderful about like, coming together on a on a deeply local community yeah, level. And to, we're super to happy help. to do it and, yeah, and really excited that, yeah, yeah, that the impact yeah, is and, there. And, then, and yeah. now as partners in the project, you feel like this win is also your win. And oh, that's absolutely, yeah. That's community work yes. because you were part of this process with folks and the residents feel and the community-based organization feel like they were part of the win. That's community work. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's yeah. so cool. I don't yeah. Think we're going to top that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, so um, per, thank first you. off, thank yeah, you for thank taking you. the time. This yeah. has been really wonderful. And we really appreciate just all of your insights today and, and being very transparent about the process and everything that you've learned through it. If, you know, our audience, especially we, we do have local community listening to us, yeah. um, if they want to get connected with the Public Health Institute of Western Mass, how can they go about doing that? How can they get involved if they've suddenly been sparked to be like, oh, I wanna I wanna get involved in making impact and yeah. change? How can how can they get involved? Yeah, so I think the best way is for folks to join our mailing list or our listserv. Uh, Public Health Institute has week monthly newsletters that go out. I am running the Live Well Springfield Coalition. We also have information about community-based initiatives in Springfield specifically. And we have a newsletter that goes out as well. You can visit us, www.publichealthwm.org or livewellspringfield.org. So those are our, our website links. There you can definitely sign up for the mailings and information. 
And then whenever we have new grants and new projects initiatives, that's when we either engage new community-based residents or voices. We have a coalition of residents. We have 21 residents under four different initiatives where they have lived professional or a passionate experience to make change. Whenever we have new champions, new initiatives, we'd love to have more voices at the table. So folks can also stay in touch with me at shamilton at publichealthwm.org and reach out to me and I can let you know what's out there, what's on the horizon and what's available. And the other piece is we're always building community capacity and have opportunities for folks to give one-time feedback and input. So sometimes we might not have a long-term initiative, but there's always a survey or a focus group that we want to host or a community conversation. So staying in touch through our mailing list is one way we would also promote that. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Nice. <laughs> yes, got to plug them all. Please yes. do. <laughs> right. And so those are other spaces that you can also find us. We do have a Live Well Instagram and a Facebook and just a Public Health Institute Facebook. And those are spaces where we promote not just our initiatives, but other community-based partners initiatives, whether they're hiring, hosting a fair, hosting an event, a summit or something like that. We cross-share community-based information because the more it's out there, the more people can can get involved. That's awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for taking yeah. the time. We really, really appreciate mm-hmm. it. It was yeah. wonderful to talk to you and your insights were, were really, I, yeah. I I like to say every every time we meet and talk with someone that we have things to take away too. So absolutely, you've yeah. given us a lot to, to go off of. So we really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll see you Yeah. We'll okay. see you soon. All right. Take it easy. <laughs>